Welcome everyone to the Neil World Order Podcast. Coming to you on another Saturday night here from the Southern Comfort Zone. Um, pretty good weekend so far. I mean, it's Saturday night about to be, I can't, oh, it'll be Sunday in an hour. But, um, crazy thing. Um, so I've, it's been a long day for me because one of our dogs, Daisy, she's a border collie. Um, she actually has what's called like EPI. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I probably have. Um, so pretty much she doesn't have a pancreas her pancreas doesn't work so she has to take like these supplements on her food to make her absorb the food or else she literally just shits and sharts herself like 24-7 we caught it when she was little um, not even a year old so you know ultimately doesn't really take any anything off their life um, it really just makes her food take a little bit longer to prepare but uh, you know she, other than that she's well, she's as normal as she's ever been as far as she... I think she's crazy, mentally. Like, she's just a weirdo. But, so, for the last, I don't know, week or so, she's been waking mostly my wife up in the middle of the night to go outside and literally, I know this is gross, but just has, like, explosive diarrhea. She doesn't have it all day. These dogs get fed at, like, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., and then right around 5, they go out throughout the day. Uh, we took them on a walk today, and she had a solid poop. Um, I don't know. That probably was like 4-ish when we took a walk. I know we probably went for about an hour walk. Um, I just had them out before I came down here. Obviously, she didn't poop because, well, she's Daisy, and she's going to wait. I think she the first time she woke me up last night was like midnight. Um and then one other time and then finally about like four four o'clock i was just like fuck it i'm staying down here with her that way we're right by the front door she won't mess in the house she usually won't knock on wood um she's probably the best trained of all of them ellie doesn't really, i feel like when ellie shits in the house it's because she's mad like she's just like being a dick but um yeah so i mean this has been going on and then like come daylight Daisy's fine. And she acts fine the whole time during the night. She just, like, paces the room and whines and, like, until someone finally lets her out and you just want to, like, leave her ass. We have a fence in the backyard, and I've joked with my wife, just fucking leave her out there, but I think she's afraid something will eat her, but then I'm like, okay, problem solved, and everyone gets to sleep in. But uh, Kai takes the brunt of it, so I got up with her this morning and then just kept her downstairs. I mean, I fell asleep on the couch. Till, I don't know, the sun started shining and the dogs all felt the need to bark at it. True story. No lie. But yeah, so if I got any people out there who know anything about dogs, maybe um, my mom said maybe she has some kind of anxiety about the dark. Which, if she does, it, it's recent. Because, like, as far as our sleeping situation, nothing has changed in the 10 years that we've had days. So yeah, she's, she's our senior dog. But, like, she's pretty spry for a 10-year-old dog. She's not your average 10-year-old dog. Um, continuing on with life experiences, I can't believe I've never talked about this before. But, like, I don't know if I've ever... Like, maybe I have. I fucking hate going to the bank. Like, I just do. 
I know how to do anything and everything I need to do at the bank. I just do not enjoy going there. And the number one reason I do not enjoy going to the bank is because the other people that go to the bank do not know how to conduct their business in a timely manner or show up prepared. If you go through the drive-thru, this is a PSA, so if this offends you, it's on you. You're welcome for the, the life hack here. If you're doing your business through the PSA, or through the drive-thru, and it takes longer than three minutes because of what you're doing, you're an idiot. Have your shit written out, your slips filled out, prepare, here, life hack, in the back of your checkbook, there's deposit slips if you're doing a deposit. They've got all your numbers and everything printed on them. All you gotta do is fill in the monetary amounts. It's like the coolest thing ever. Learned that in ninth grade, Mr. Palaszewski, General Business Class, Chippewa Valley High School. Bam. I bet they don't even teach that shit anymore. We were joking about that with my daughter, that we're going to spend some time the next couple months teaching her, like, how to write a check, how to pay a bill, how to do that. Because, like, these kids don't know. I mean, they can do, like, the renegade dance on TikTok and tell you the name of Harry Styles' cat, but they don't, you know know anything you don't want them on your team if you're playing trivial pursuit but yeah so like every time i go i literally get behind a person who's like refinancing their home through the bank window and i'm like come the fuck on it never matters i always pick the wrong lane and apparently i didn't know you could go in on saturday i thought on saturdays it was drive through only or i and clearly everyone else had the idea to go to the bank today the bank and the car wash. I skipped the car wash because, well, I don't know. It annoys me to pay that much to wash my car anyways when I want to wash it in my driveway. Which, the reason I don't is there are actually like two meters at my home. It's the only place I've ever lived that does this. Like, I washed my car once in the driveway and like, I don't know, the, the hour or so I did it, it was like $17 worth of water because it, that it shows it on the bills a different meter. It's like my water's expensive enough. Strangely, here you would think like they're they, it's as bad as like trying to get water into like the Congo or something, but it's just a thing with where we live that the water bills are expensive. Just in my little village, not like the whole state. But anyways, <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. It just the, the bank thing. I was just like, come on. You know, it's like. I, I was taught, I was joking with Kai, and I was like, one, I hate my bank, for starters. I'm not going to drop a name here, because that's not nice. I'm sure there's nice people that work there. Maybe, I don't know. They're just not efficient. But they're always, like, I don't know, doing anything there is, like, I, I, I literally would rather go to the dentist, and I fucking hate going to the dentist, than to go to the bank. It's very rare that I go to the bank. Um, Kai... Usually does all that for me. I'm pretty fortunate in that aspect that um, I don't usually have to do stuff like that. Sometimes I just try to be like, oh, I'll go this, do this. So it's one less thing she has to do through the week. But it's like no good deed goes unpunished. But um, yeah, so have your shit ready when you get to the bank. Don't ask 20 questions through the microphone because it's a fucking bank. You should know how to use the bank. You shouldn't need help from the people there. You should have pens in your car. When they put that big thick book of deposit slips in there, if you're not smart enough to use the ones in the back of your checkbook, take like five of them. Keep them in your console. I mean, you probably got Skittles in there or Chapsticks or Starbucks reward memberships or whatever. 
But, yeah, that's my rant on the bank. Um, I haven't even, like, gotten to the episode yet. Uh, crazy, uh, tragic thing in sports today. Uh, Steelers quarterback, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, Dwayne Haskins, was uh, killed. It, he was struck by a, a, a truck. I believe it was yesterday in uh, Florida. He was down there with Steelers players doing some kind of uh, training, off-season training or whatever. Apparently it said, from what I read, it said he was running across Interstate 595, which I'm kind of like, okay, why would you be running across? But who knows if all, you know, we got all the facts. I mean, the sad thing is the kid was 24 years old, uh, you know, still the former first-round pick. I believe he was the 19th pick in a draft two years ago by the Redskins, Commanders, whatever they are this week. They released him, and he went to the Steelers. But uh, sad thing for uh, him and his family, like I said, you know, 24 years old, that's crazy. I mean, you you know, like I said, time's undefeated. Like, life is a blip, man. Um, so in the past, we've talked about uh, true crime podcasts. Um, in my struggle to listen to them because I'm a very visual person. Funny thing is I was actually watching like Fear Thy Neighbor on the ID channel right before I came down here. And I always laugh that like sometimes like when I watch those episodes, it's kind of like Dr. Pimple Popper. I don't know if you ever watched that. Like I don't need the person's life story. Just get to the part where you're popping the pimple. Like when we used to record it, Kyle would get mad because I was like, I don't care about their sob story. I don't care what they do for a living. I want to see squishy and mushy and shit popping out. So I just, like, fast-forward to all that because, I don't know, that's my attention span. But, um, so, yeah, you know, I, I try with the True Crime podcast. And I think some of it, too, is, like, they'll be reading it. And they'll be, you know, and it's like um, you think about those audio books or whatever, and sometimes people feel like they're getting in character, and they'll be like, and then... No one could find Willie, you know, and I'm like, come on, just, no, it just doesn't work for me. Or you get the people who are like, there was a time when everyone was happy, and then Jimmy showed up at the party, and he murdered everyone. Like, if I talked like that, would you guys still listen? I don't, maybe my voice is annoying, and my cadence, or however I talk or stutter when I'm peach whiskey tonight, by the way. Um... But yeah, you know, like I said, I, I like to watch the ID channel. Like I said, I was watching Fear Thy Neighbor or the 2020 shows or Dateline. Now, I, I never got into the Catch a Predator stuff. I don't know. I just, it felt like it, it, it was like the same episode every time. Kind of like MTV's Catfish or those, um, like how, Kai and I talk about, how do people still get catfished? Like that show's been on the air forever. Like, is it only people like that don't have the internet? I know I guess you need the internet to do it but like I'm like how is this still happening like it makes me think the whole thing's fake and it probably is but I digress so yeah if you recall last I guess last season I dabbled in the two part episode I did on the lacrosse lacrosse Wisconsin river deaths Um, you know but uh, over, over the summer I caught wind of this story back home uh, and it caught my attention just because, honestly, a lot of super interesting stuff doesn't happen back where I came from in Tennessee. It's usually just, like, if someone I know, and I, I don't know these people, 
but if I see familiar names in the news or something like that, usually they got busted for meth or DUI or they're, you know, drunk and something stupid. Nothing. Uh, but uh, so we're going to talk about a man named uh, Joshua Bohannon. He was 27 years old from Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm sure those of you listening back home are already familiar with this story, but I thought I would share it with all the other listeners. Uh, some of you back home may know more details than I was able to, to get a hold of. Um, so our story starts, uh, we'll start on June 3rd of 2021, Burgess Falls State Park, which is a really cool uh, state park um, that I've been going to ever since I was a kid. I remember when we would come down from Michigan and stuff, there'd always be one day my dad would take all of us to Burgess Falls. We'd hike the trails. Depending on how much rain there'd been, you could stand on top of the waterfall because, you know, sometimes it's just a drip. But uh, sometimes it's, like, so hardcore you can't even take the stairs down to, like, the viewing area. There was one time, uh, it might have been the last time I was there, which has been, I I can't say I frequent it as much as uh, I had in the past. But uh, Kai and I had went, and a ton of stuff was washed out from flooding. Like, had just there was a lot of damage, and things were destroyed. Um, those of you, you know, who live back home are probably familiar with this. But anyways, um, so it's a cool park where you can walk. There's like an, I, I think there's an upper, a middle, and a lower fall, if, if I'm thinking right. Um, I apologize if I've got the wrong park that's set like that. I just, I've been to so many places. But I, I do know Burgess Falls. Um, so, allegedly, Josh and his wife, Jessica, go to the park. Um, Josh never comes home. Um, his wife would say the two were separated at the park initially, and uh, she then goes to Josh's family's home to look for him. Um, the next day on June 4th, uh, Josh's brother, Jason, and some family go to the area in the park where uh, Jessica had said they were separated. Um, you know, and then there becomes the issue of his wife's changing story, um, which, huge red flag, right? I mean, I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but um, she said that the two were in a, I guess there was some kind of building or residence in the park, and initially they were breaking in. Uh, I think Joshua had had some run-ins with the law, same with his wife. Uh, you know, wasn't on the straight, nobody's perfect, you know, he wasn't on the straight and narrow, but, um, so they were into the, breaking into this place, and they heard someone, uh, so she went outside, and the person happened to be a park ranger, um, they, which was around noon on June 3rd, the park ranger would confirm encountering her, but only her, um, no sight, no sight of Josh, um, she had told, I believe what she told the family at one point, that he was in the house moving something heavy. At one point it was a table, it was a fridge, maybe a gun safe at one point. Uh, and then another version of the story, she said he ran out through the back door and through the woods. Uh, mainly he was just worried about being caught and what they were doing because he did have an active warrant out. Uh, what that was for, I'm not sure. It's not really relevant to the story, but, um, you know, and then the story would change, like, day by day. It was kind of, I, I, I don't know. So, one of her other stories was that she dropped him off at a gas station off Highway 70, which is kind of, 
I feel like that's not near Burgess Falls State Park, but maybe one of those other roads is 70, and I just never knew that because I just, I think Burgess Falls Road and Cookville Boat Dock Road and whatever that little road is that takes you into the park, um, you know, and she said she dropped him off at a gas station and then just never saw him again. And like, you know, I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, wouldn't you only never saw him again if you left that gas station? Like if you'd stayed there or been like, you know, it happens all the time. Um, when we were going on vacation, Kai had went in to go to the bathroom, get a drink or something. Uh, and I jokingly, you know, texted from the car after I got gas. I was like, you fall in, you good? Like, you notice these things. And I'm not a person who notices a lot. But, um, so, per some more of my research, I had found out that Jessica is actually arrested later that day for breaking into and robbing two houses a few miles up the road from where she had originally told the family her and Josh were separated. So if you're following me now, it's kind of like, okay, she says they went to the state park, which people go there to hike or smoke weed, do whatever. It's a cool place. Um, you know, and then they're separated because they're pulling some shenanigans. Um, she leaves because, you know, the park rangers, like wherever that you're trespassing can't be on this thing. So she leaves, uh, breaks into some other places nearby, gets arrested. And it's not her first run in with the law. Like I said, uh, she had a record. I think it was a lot of stuff like DUIs, uh, trespassing theft, probation violations. Um, I, I think she might actually be incarcerated currently. I believe when I looked this up. But, you know, she had a, a kind of a long record, but nothing that seemed it would build towards, like, murder or whatever. I'm not saying she did. I'm just saying, you know, for how the story's starting to go. And, you know, it's just sometimes when you're involved with drugs and that lifestyle, unfortunately, murder, thing, bad things seem to happen in that environment. Um, so, I came across... A series of text messages this was this is per the record I think it was one of the news stations that shared it uh, she's telling another person a story her friend kind of recapping some events of what happened you're gonna have to bear with me because this isn't good grammar it's I hate to be disrespectful it's borderline fucking nonsense but uh, considering everything I just led with um, you know, it might make sense. So let, let, let me get this up on my phone. I was going to have this video person read it, but it, it, she, no offense. I don't know. This podcast, mom bombshell, it, fucking terrible. I tried to listen to it. No offense, uh, you know, to each their own, but it just was not good. Um, so here we go. She says, um, she leads to her friend, says, this is Jessica texting to her friend. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever none of this makes sense and then her friend asks was y'all camping or something i don't know the full story and it's like they haven't put any details out there i just don't get why they are not searching in that area that area i believe is the uh, burgess falls area where she said they were separated uh to which jessica replies they have been searching it we left crossville 
went to a buddy's house. Crossville's about, for those of you that don't live in the area, probably about 45 minutes, maybe an hour away from the park. Um, it says we were both fucked up really, really bad on Xanax. And we left our buddy's house at like 4 a.m. and went to sleep at a parking a park and ride because I couldn't drive back to, now it says back to Crossville, which I think she met Cookville, um, where we was, God, we was staying at my sister's house, and so we woke up from the park and ride, and they have us on camera leaving together at a gas station at 8 a.m. in Cookville, which this is true. We went in, got gas and food, and left, and we wanted to drive down to the park, being Burgess Falls State Park. Well, we stopped at this house. We thought it might be for rent, but that's not why we were there. We were being dumb and stupid, broke inside, and was acting crazy. Well, the park ranger came, and I ran out the back door and around the house to, t to him, and Josh was wanted, so... Oops, I told, God bless it, sorry, technology. I believe she says she tells the person she's sorry. And then let me get to the next message. My phone is, the way I had to scan these is making it very difficult to read. I believe I'm right here. Nope. This one. Says, I tell him I'm sorry and leave so in the next one which is weird there's some kind of i don't know if there's some moments between when she talks to this girl again but she says what the hell sorry i'm really struggling here okay so now she's she says she comes out of a burger king and someone named Brandon was waiting for her to take her to jail. I assume this is an officer that she's just familiar with. And the very next day they tell her Joshua was missing. She had to do 20 days for missing a court date. It's just all been bullshit. No help from nobody but family, you know. Sorry about all the typos, which I assure you there are plenty. It says, sorry it's so long, girl. Just being honest, this sucks really bad. You know, we're, you know we were inseparable together 24-7. She's talking about her and Josh. And that was, a lot of people confirmed that. And it says, we were either in the basement of the house or the living room. They took me back while I was in jail to see if I could remember any of it. But all I remember is Joshua telling me that he thought someone was here. I ran out the back door and went around to the house and I'd never seen him again. But he was trying to pick up something really big. I don't remember if it was a door, a table, or one of the two. I really cannot remember anything. Those Xanax were laced with fentanyl, which is spelled very creatively on there. And I almost died. I slept for four straight days while I was in jail. They kept having to check on me to make sure I was alive. Um... Now there's all these crazy rumors floating around. It blows my mind how the detectives on this case have acted and treated the family. We love Joshua, and they think we are overreacting because they think he's a fugitive on the run, but he doesn't go a day without calling his brother, me, or his mama. And, you know, something bad has happened to him. I don't know. I also know he didn't have his insulin 
or anything either. He was actually a type 1 diabetic, so he was an insulin-dependent diabetic. Um, and then the, her friend finally chimes back in and says, Girl, do you think he could have made it to the water and got swept away or something? I mean, if you were extremely under the influence of something, I could see it happening in that area. Generally, the water's not very deep, but, you know, waterfalls and loose water, loose rocks, slippery, something could happen. Uh, to which, that's my opinion as someone who's been there and stuff. Um, he says, yes, it is possible because when I tell you we were fucked up, we were like animals. They have us on camera together in the gas station. I looked like I had straight down syndrome and Joshua was running literally behind, running in the gas station, trying to get in front of people, trying to get all the food that he could get. And I don't even remember that part. And then her friend says, well, I hate this so much for you. Uh, it's very odd for them to recant their story. I hope you get more closure soon and they can bring him home. I just want to help in any way possible. The wife then replies to her friend, I appreciate you so much. Thank you again. I really mean, mean it from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, all those other pleasantries. So that's, you know, kind of from the horse's mouth. So you can imagine maybe being in law enforcement and trying to get a statement from uh, said, you know, the wife at the time. I think some things that, <clears throat> wow, my voice really cracked, that stick out to me is just kind of how none of that goes along with the original story that, like, the family had told. I'm sorry, the family had been told by her. I'm, yeah. So... What you have here is just a evolution of, you know, and it's not like small details. It's not like it's, okay, no, he went out the window. He went out the door. It was like, okay, he was at the park. No, I left him in a gas station. No, we were in some disguised base. Like, you know, and then you throw in the drug use and being under the uh, influence of powerful narcotics. And, you know, who knows what falls into mind there. I also feel like the story is missing a lot of pieces. It's kind of like a dream where, you know, there's never a, a beginning or ending. You're always just in the middle. Um, you know, I read, you know, she said she went out. She was taken back out to the location where she said he had last been. And you know, the interesting part I find of all this is, um, I don't know if I had mentioned this. She never reported it missing. It was actually his family. Uh, who reported him missing. She had told his family she couldn't find him, but she never went through the process of actually reporting him missing to law enforcement. Uh, you know, like I said, in one of the versions, she'd claim that Josh did not come out of the house when the ranger was present because he was wanted and had a warrant on him you know and she referred to it in the text message that maybe they just thought he was a uh, you know somebody want a fugitive on the run and maybe I don't know you know maybe that's why they weren't acting with this urgency to go find him because they just people run you know people jump bail um, you know and it could have been something minor and they're obviously not going to put a bolo out on someone who misses a court date um 
you know, I just would have thought with the constant changing, you know, the family really not believing her stories from the get-go that she'd be getting grilled by law enforcement at this point. You know, and I guess I look at it, and I'm not an expert on law enforcement. You know, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to consult anyone. Uh, but, like, you would grill this person till you got the answers. You And I get you're going to get a whole lot of nonsense. But, like, somewhere in that nonsense is the truth um, or maybe something close to it. Um, you know, as being the only person, supposedly, who was present or saw him on the day he disappeared, I mean, the clues ultimately rest with her, I would think. Uh, like I said, his family's belief from the start that she knows what happened, that she's lying, she's either protecting herself or someone else involved in the disappearance. Uh, you know, the family had said that she never showed any sense of urgency in working with them or helping to try and find her husband. Um, you know, then I think about those texts, and she said she knew he didn't have his insulin with him, and him being a type 1 diabetic that ultimately puts his health at risk, you know, add in the fact that, in her own words, she said they were inseparable 24-7, um, and that he always called his brother and his mom daily. It's almost like she was laying breadcrumbs right to herself, um, you know, as she was arguing, he wouldn't just run off. And, you know, we obviously know people just don't fall off the face of the earth. Um, you know, so days go by, weeks, months, uh, there's searches. You know, the family has put up posters, uh, billboards. Um, you know, there's been searches by the family, by Putnam County Sheriff's Office. Nothing turns up, no leads, no clues, no nothing. And... I couldn't find out what what causes this, but somewhere along the way, the relationship with law enforcement and the family seems to get fractured. I don't know if it comes from maybe, you know, and you see this happen where people don't think um, law enforcement's doing enough, they're not acting enough. You know, it, it's, I, I get it, you know, when your kid's missing, your brother, your, your dad, your whoever, you know, you're like, you're never going to feel like anyone's doing enough till it's done. Um, I don't know if that's that's what caused it. I know at um, one point I had read that the family supposedly was barred from being present in the Putnam County Sheriff's Office. I never could confirm or unconfirm that. Um, it was just something I came across in some statements from uh, people from the family. Um you know, and I don't know the hows and whys of everything and how it works, but uh, as someone who grew up in Putnam County, I know there have been, law, you know, stories about the lack of efficiency of local law enforcement or even uh, a good old boys network of only looking out for people from certain walks of life, but not others. Um, I honestly have no real history with the Putnam County uh, Sheriff's Office aside from some traffic violations or the occasional party bust up in college. But, uh, you know, stories and rumors have existed for years, which I'm sure they do in any small town. Um, you know, it's really not a huge area. Cookville is only a city of about 40,000 people. Uh, the entire Putnam County area is about 80,000. So you look at Cookville's half of that population is uh, one city. But, um, 
I actually reached out to uh, the family. I reached out to uh, Joshua's brother and his aunt, who seemed to be the spokespeople for the family and kind of the ones to put the Facebook pages together, who organized um, vigils and searches. Um, I didn't get a response. Uh, you know, maybe they've been burned by people before. I clearly stated my case and said, you know, here's, I just, is there anything you want me to say? Um, his brother, Jason, had actually released a statement via his Facebook page in September. Um, he ultimately just says, you know, everyone believes that the wife, Jessica, is responsible for this. Um, you know, they want answers from her. They want some cooperation that they know she knows something. And it, it, it's like an accusation and a plea all at once, you know, saying, please come forward. Um, you know, and the family really wants answers from her. Who, once she, come August, she's actually, she's still technically married, but she has a new boyfriend per her social media and this guy's social media. You know, and I look at that on top of all this other stuff, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, this girl may be the worst criminal since Aaron Hernandez. Like, you know, and maybe that's it. It's so obvious that law enforcement's like, there's no way she did this. Like, you can't be this obvious and, and be the person who actually did it, you know. So, so far we have the wife with changing stories, not helping the family search or willing to provide the answers. She's arrested and August has a new boyfriend named Nathan. Uh, crazy circumstances, obviously, to say the least. Um... I will add this in her defense. I don't want this to be like some kind of smear on her. Uh, it is. It has been reported, and I could not confirm this 100%, that she did, in fact, pass a polygraph test. Um, however, any real sociopath or someone whose memories are messed up due to drug use could accidentally pass one as well. The sociopath wouldn't do it accidentally. They would voluntarily do it. Um Tragically, uh, March 17th, uh, 2022, so a little less than a month ago, human remains are found in the Window Cliffs Natural State Park area in Putnam County, Tennessee. Which apparently, this is right in that area, too, which I've just never heard of it. Um, it it's about a 13-mile trip by car, possibly about seven miles by foot from Burgess Falls State Park to the area. Um, the body is later identified as Josh's, uh, cause of death as of right now has still not been released. Um, I think it's obvious foul play was involved here. Uh, and like I said, the investigation's ongoing. I, I'll be really surprised if it's not some form, you know, if there's enough, um, physical evidence from the remains to determine any of that. I'll be really surprised if it's not some form of foul play. Um, you know, I, I personally really hope law enforcement digs their heels in and gets some answers and some justice for this family and for Josh, of course. Um, you know, and it was crazy because as I was researching this um, series of tragic events and, and like the whole story in general, and I was like, wow, this would make a great documentary. Um so that's even something I've kicked around and thought I might give a try. Uh, 
For those of you who don't know, my background is actually film and video production. Um, and I always wanted to do documentaries because I thought telling actual true stories was something I was more inspired to do as opposed to filmmaking is cool and telling a story, but I think I always enjoyed the documentary film. I've always been nerdy like that, whether it was like documentary on like state capitals or I love aerial America, uh, animal documentaries, you know, the stuff with Mike Rowe or how they build it. I'll watch documentaries all day. Um, and, you know, I also love true crime. So, you know, I have some ideas I'm tossing around in my head currently. Uh, obviously, there's the logistics and deciding how to, you know, how to do it when I'm here and the events are there. Um, and deciding how to present the story and the facts. But uh, I'll keep you guys posted on this. Um, I also ran the idea by Scott to see if he was interested in dusting off the old SOC title and putting it to use. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, tragic, uh, story of Joshua Bohannon. And, uh, like I said, you know, I, I maybe, hopefully I told the story decently, but, uh, there's plenty of YouTube stories about it. Um, it, to me, it's crazy that like this wife isn't like suspect number one and, you know, I, I, I don't get it, but, um. Speaking of documentaries, uh, I'm curious how many of you went and watched the projects on YouTube that we mentioned on the uh, Carrying Your Love With Me episode with me and Scott. I know show super fan Luke did. Uh, I'm pretty sure Brandon did. I think we were joking about some parts of it. Um, I'd love to hear about how you laughed at us way back in the day. I was personally thrilled when uh, Scott told me those were on YouTube because I, I had no idea. And, you know... They were great times. It's crazy to think how long ago those times were. Uh, it's, it's almost like a time cas capsule into another life. Um, but yeah, seriously, I think lately, I don't know, maybe it was hanging out with Scott and rehashing all the th you know things we did and we're going to work on watching those projects. It kind of got my creative juices flowing. Um, you know, and like I said, I always talk about time being undefeated and I feel I'd be cheating myself to not at least make an attempt to go ahead with some video projects. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned before about doing the uh, live video podcast once I figure out an arrangement down here uh, in the Southern Comfort Zone. Uh, it'll probably be me sitting at the bar drinking and having guests joining me uh, in person via video, working on, you know, I, I told you I was working on getting the backdrop from Nate, uh, Hanson Screen Printing. Um, I think the video, I think the video thing would be cool as you know, it would be more interactive, assuming anyone would watch. You know, there's always the risk of putting your face out there because now you're putting a face to the things you say, which the things I say are the things I say. Anyone who knows me is like, oh, yeah, he he would say that in public, you know, in the world as well. Um, I'll keep you posted on all that. But I just think it would be cool to sit at the bar. My wife built me a great bar for my birthday a couple years ago. Uh, I need to clean it up. I tend to just pile stuff on top of it. It's the uh, disadvantages of not having any friends to come over and drink with you. So, Richard Marks, totally changing gears here. Blast from the past. A guy that's written a ton of hit songs. Um, he was actually a songwriter before releasing his own music. 
and still writes and produces to this day. Um, I looked it up. He's written songs from everyone from NSYNC, Luther Vandross. He actually wrote that Dance With My Father song that was really huge. I vaguely remember it. Uh, Kenny Rogers, Barbara Streisand, Josh Groban, uh, hair metal, all-female Van Vixen. He wrote Edge of a Broken Heart, Lifehouse. Uh, the list goes on. Um, as for his single career, his personal singles career, he sold over 30 million albums worldwide. Not too shabby. He's actually the only male artist in history to have his first seven songs all reach the top five on the Billboard Hot 100. Pretty impressive, I guess. Uh, he burst onto the scene in 1987 with the song Don't Mean Nothing, uh, followed it up with the number ones Right Here Waiting, Hold On to the Nights, Endless Summer Nights, and Satisfied. Uh, he's actually from Highland Park, Illinois. I did not know that, which I believe that's not too far from where I am. He's married to former MTV personality, uh, personality Daisy Fuentes. Literally another thing I had no idea about. Uh, he's played himself in some TV shows like Family Guy, Life in Pieces, and The Goldbergs. Um, the actual song I chose for this week's episode is a song by Richard Marks called Hazard. Um, I actually love this song from the first moment I heard it way back in the day. Um, it just it's, it's a very well-written song. It kind of tells a story. It's haunting. And I just felt like it fit the true crime overtone of this week's episode. <clears throat> and I went with it. So if you give yourself a chance, uh, check out Richard Marks' music. Definitely check out the song Hazard. It's a great song. I bet you will like it. Um, I did another thing this week. I chopped the mullet off. It's true. Uh, I'd been growing my hair out since ah, fall of 20. It was right around Adam's 40th birthday. Um, and I have never had long hair. It just wasn't my thing. So I stuck with the old mullet as long as I could and just decided it was time uh, this past Wednesday to cut it off and take about 10 pounds off my head. I've been dieting or... I guess making some lifestyle changes in an effort to get more healthy, like this peach whiskey counts as fruit right now. See, I have one alcoholic drink a week, and it's when I do this podcast, so, you know, that's that. But, um, so maybe in a change to being more healthy, the hair was all part of it. Um, I actually ate asparagus the other day, or asparagus, as my friend Daily Roberts would call it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. I'm not a person who likes vegetables or really tries new food willingly. Um, and like I always heard, it definitely made my piss smell funny. I thought maybe that was like some wise tale or some kind of urban legend. But I was like, damn. But um, I will admit, and my wife's going to hold this against me if she ever gets this far as Actually, I think she listened to the last episode, so she may be caught up. That um, since I've made an effort to take care of myself, and by effort, following the example she's setting out for me and explaining to me what I need to do, um, taking better care of myself physically and mentally, I, I won't lie, I feel good. Um, so who knows, maybe I'm on a path to wellness. Um, 
I'm not going to try to start selling you guys ketones or Matt pitch some miracle drug to you, though, or tell you to live right, hit the gym, or what. That's just not my thing. Do you, man? If you're happy, you're happy. Um, I think I just reached a point where I, I, I personally wanted to be better, and it just wasn't talk. Uh, this time, I think it required work, and so far, so good. Um, that being said, I'll probably drop dead tomorrow. Uh, but these words will live on if I do, right? Um, that's all I got tonight. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, true crime dabble on the episode. Hit up the merch shop. Um, the, you know, we have the NWO shop and the Retro Lounge. There are a lot of cool things in the Retro Lounge. Uh, funny t-shirts, you know, from way back when and all that. But um, that's all I got, folks. Um, happy birthday to my boy Rick. Uh, we miss you. Uh, that's it. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.